All right, welcome in. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I am AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Hello, Griffin. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Uh, fresh off the uh, beaches of Miami. Really excited for a uh, beautiful ocean-free week in Dallas. Just kidding. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay as well, man. It was a uh, pretty solid weekend. It was nice that we swept best bets. Uh, that always that always makes me feel good coming into the podcast when we get a, a sweep out of the way. Mine was a little sweaty as uh, DePaul went to overtime with, with Loyola, but handled business in overtime. But uh, yours was sweat free, which was nice. So, uh, but I guess you know when when you, when you take a dog, you're gonna have to sweat a little sometimes. But uh, it was a a good weekend overall, man. And uh, I'm I'm in the midst of my busy season with college football, NFL, college basketball, and UFC going all the time. So sleep is for the week, Griffin. That's what I that's what I say as we record this on late Sunday night. Let's go ahead and jump into things, man. Let's jump into this week's games. There's not a lot to choose from as it is finals week. Uh, there are just less games being played this week and next week. If you're like, if you're playing games this week, you're probably not playing them next week. If you're playing them next week, you're not playing them this week. So uh, just not a, not a lot of heavy boards, but we dig deep. We find what we can and uh, we're bringing you our best stuff here. Uh, let's start with the, uh, the Jimmy V uh, the Jimmy V event in Madison Square Garden, where the Texas Longhorns take on the Fighting Illini. We just talked about them last week. Uh, they, it, I, I guess, it was kind of what they what you thought they were, right? I mean, I, I'm still the. I feel like a lot of these teams. Unfortunately, uh, I wish I had a better feeling for them on December fourth. Um, I feel like so many teams have changed so many personnel that like. Yes, if you bet them one day and they play really poorly or play really well, you're thinking, okay, I've really figured this team out. I just feel like there's a lot more bumps on each of these logs or roads or whatever the phrase I'm supposed to use. It is almost midnight here uh, on Sunday, December 4th. So um, I just feel like it's really hard to say a lot about these teams just yet, which is tough because I feel like a lot of the money to be made in this sport is is pre-conference. Um, and, and so it's going to be a bit of a grind this year, but uh, I think that's going to be a lot of Illinois games under Brad Underwood. And um, what a big, big matchup. I mean, Texas seems to be allergic to really tough uh, non-conference schedules under Chris Beard, but um, the last two games have been profiled on our show. So clearly they're uh, scheduling up for us. Um, and I mean, nothing you can really poke a stick at besides the schedule for the, the Texas Longhorns so far. Yeah. And it, Texas feels like the team that could fall. I don't want to say fall off, but could fall back at some point. Typically teams that shoot as poorly from the three line and from the free throw line as them, it's going to bite you at some point, but the defense is going to be elite night in and night out. And they are particularly good at shutting down opposing guards and I think that's kind of the edge they'll have in this game. It doesn't bode well when you're a team that has two freshmen running the point this year in uh, Sky Clark and Jordan Epps, who, by the way, both super talented, both have looked really good, but this is just a massive step up for them. And Illinois doesn't have the elite size that they had last year. This team with Kofi Coburn, you could see them you know, taking advantage of an undersized front court for Texas. That's not here right now. Uh, it, Texas should control turnovers. They should they should force a few extra possessions. 
caught, have the Illinois backcourt cough it up a few times. And in a game where both teams will probably struggle to shoot on familiar sight lines in MSG, I'll, I'll take the favorites here. I, I I lean towards Texas minus five here. Yeah, I mean, when I look at those numbers on neutral courts, when you're giving more than a possession, almost a full two possessions, uh, it seems to get a little bit out of hand quickly. But it's really hard to make every team like a, a single possession favorite on a neutral. So I think I leaned to the minus five as well, though it's not often uh, a favorite of that size on my card. All right, let's go to the next game in that tournament where it'll be Iowa and Duke. Duke we're looking at as three-point favorites, and I like what I've seen out of Iowa so far. They're a team I've cashed on a few times, but typically I like Iowa in bully situations. I like Iowa when they're at home against a lesser opponent with a laying a big number, and they just they, – because they don't take their foot off the gas – they run their offense no matter what, and everybody's efficient, everybody's effective. So if you're a bad team, with when you play a team with that tempo, you get run off the floor. And this is – like they don't turn the ball over either. So if you can't find a way to get them out of their offensive rhythm, they they will truck you. And this is going to be the first time Duke's really been pushed with tempo, so it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. But given their inexperience and the fact that right now I'm pretty certain Iowa's the better coach team – um, I, I'm going to lean with Iowa here. I faded Duke against Ohio state and they played their best game of the season. Probably I was their one blemish was against TCU. And that was a day where they just shot really poorly and got just absolutely punked on the glass. And I could see the latter happening again. I could see them getting bullied on the, on the glass, but I, I'm willing to take my chances fading this Duke team that just isn't as talented as they were supposed to be. I'm looking at you, Derek lively, supposedly the number one recruit in the country. And it's like, looks like just a guy uh so getting three points here i i think i'm gonna like iowa yeah i think i lean to iowa as well i as i think it's been probably said on this podcast already i'm questioning john shire a little bit uh, i think he's got to kind of prove that he's anything more than a massive downgrade from from uh mike krzyzewski and um, I don't know that I feel that strongly about Iowa just yet because we always see them as kind of one of those teams, as you mentioned, that bully the bad teams, that win, win really well at home. They're they're a great home underdog, though I feel like Ozmakers in the market have kind of wised up to that. But as they start going on the road, their offense isn't as efficient. It kind of gets to see that there are a bunch of scorers that don't really play that well defensively. And they're probably going up against a team like Duke has at least more accomplished recruits. Um, whether they're not as scoring dominant as the Iowa players are uh, is probably yet to be seen. I feel like the Filipowski, Ryan Young, 6'11", 6'10", front court, and then Lively, as you mentioned, 7'1". I mean, that's that's pretty big and could potentially cause some problems on, on rebounding for Iowa. But as you mentioned, I feel like that probably out-rebounded by TCU is part of what TCU does, and also Iowa shot really poorly. Um, I don't really see a lot of reasons to point to the favorite right here, so I'm I'm with you on Iowa as well. All right, let's go to the Big Ten where we're going to discuss something called the Big Ten Home Court Tax. And we'll start with this Wisconsin and Maryland game. And Maryland, if you look at Ken Palm, Maryland is favored to win by one on the road at Wisconsin. But you rarely see these games open with the the road team favored. It just especially if they're I mean, if it's a good a really good team and a really bad team, maybe. But any of this top to middle of the Big Ten usually gets that home court respect. 
And I mean, your best bet last week was on Rutgers, who at home they're just a different animal. Yep. And uh, Wisconsin, we're, I'm going to project Wisconsin minus one, so two points off of what Ken Palm thinks. Um, I, I, this again, this could be because your projection when you were predicting what I was going to tell you for the lines. That's how we do this right before the show. Griffin, I give Griffin the games, and he tells me what he thinks the line would be. Uh, and you thought what Wisconsin four. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was a little high in hindsight, but I mean, I feel like these, this league in general just beats everyone up. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's why it's so hard to get a really top, top seed. And honestly, I was looking at adding Purdue to win the national championship, but from like the 70 to one out, outlined like beginning of our, of our show season, it's now down to like sub 20 to one. And unfortunately, I, I don't know that there are huge like seeds to be had in the Big Ten because every time you go on the road, unless you're playing, I mean, maybe Minnesota, you're you're an underdog. And so I, I think you're right. Um, and it's part of why I made Wisconsin that number. I feel like from that Stanford-Wisconsin game on a neutral in Milwaukee, however neutral that was, I feel like we've been kind of seeing Wisconsin not getting a lot of respect um, and then also closing as, a, as an underdog to USC and, and whatever Bahamas tournament they're in. So I don't really know what to make of Wisconsin right now, as I think the best I can say. Tyler Wall being their like go-to best player seems a little bit weird to me besides this, this freshman, Asagian. I'm with you. I don't know what I think of Wisconsin. Like Their resume says they're pretty good, but my preseason feelings for them were not good, and – I don't know if I'm willing to just change my mind and think that they're suddenly like a, a contender. I, I don't know if that's the case, but this is the first real road game for Maryland given their other, their first real road game was Louisville. And at this point, I don't know if, if you can lose to Louisville. I don't know if a real basketball team could lose to Louisville if they tried. So we mentioned on last week's show, how the pace that Kevin Willard's running really fits this roster better than the, the, the slow ball that Turgeon wanted to play and Wisconsin is a crawl team for sure, but they were also willing to take Marquette's pace this weekend. So I think that that may play into Maryland or into Maryland's hands a little bit. Like maybe they can speed up Wisconsin a little bit, but whatever the pace, the Terps are, they're just so much more efficient offensively, even going against the home court tax here. I, I would, I would only play the Terps here. Uh, yeah. Um, remind me of the number again. What, what, We're going to go with Wisconsin pl- uh, minus one at home. Minus one at home. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see the coal center mystique being as scary as it once was. Um, I also feel like in the past when I just blindly assigned road teams struggle to shoot, uh, on the road type thing, I feel like we got a lot better product now where a lot of college basketball players can shoot no matter the venue uh certainly some impacts uh playing at home versus going on the road i just i don't know that any sort of number below possession is enough for me to get involved with a big 10 road dog at this point unless i feel really good about them winning and i i, I mean i'm a believer in kevin willard i think we've gone back and forth about that um and i think both of us like kevin willard a little bit more maybe me more than you um but i just i don't really know what to do with maryland just yet and I feel like I want to be sure if I'm playing a road dog at such a small price on the road in Wisconsin, in, in Madison specifically. So this is a, a, a sit back and learn game for you. I think, so. I think so. All right, let's look at Rutgers at Ohio State. Like I said, your best bet winner last week, Rutgers uh, in a truck over Indiana. And this, the like, I feel like Big Ten home court really matters a lot to Rutgers. Like, I, 
I don't know if it's really the travel or the building or what, but they've they've lost eight games at home in the last three years. And over those three years, they've had 37 losses, only eight at home. And they're basically a subpar Big Ten team. But when you lose eight games at home over three seasons, that, that's a little better than subpar. So, And all the stuff that I liked about Ohio State going into the Duke game still stands, even though they, they lost that Duke game. Uh, great shooting team, great defensive team. And... I, I, I don't really – I haven't seen anything about Ohio State that I, I really am like, oh, this is just a gross flaw. And I think the question about Indiana coming into the Rutgers game was their strength of schedule. And you can't really question that about Ohio State. Like not, nothing they see from Rutgers is going to be new or unique. So, And I'm probably just going to look to fade Rutgers anytime I can away from the rack. So Ohio State's probably the only side I could look at here. What about you? Um, I mean, I really liked what I saw from Rutgers despite being against them in Miami earlier in the week. And that's kind of pu- part of what pushed me towards them hosting Indiana. The spot was pretty good. So I, I guess there's a lot of other things to that too. Um, I, part of me thinks that like Rutgers is a better program than seeing such discrepancy in their losses. But I, I feel like that speaks to big, big 10 home courts and that really you're supposed to win at home. Um, you get the three points or whatever for home court advantage, but it probably deserves to be more in that league. Um, I, I think it's going to be hard for Rutgers to hang here just because I thought Ohio State started that game off against Duke really well at Cameron Indoor. Um, had a really kind of a, a rut in the middle of the, the, I guess, the second half of the first half and, and then didn't really recover from there, unfortunately. I, I think um, I think they're a good team. I think it's probably not as dominant of a home court as it used to be in Columbus when uh, days of that bad motto, but um, I feel like Ohio State can score really well, and that's a big question for me on the road with Rutgers. Until Mulcahy is like fully 100%, um, just kind of iso ball with Caleb McConnell seems a bit, a little bit concerning to me, um, and I just don't know that on the road they can keep up on the scoreboard. All right, sounds like we've got a lot of agreement this week, so not much pushback from either of us, it doesn't sound like, so... I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Great sign. Great sign. Okay. Uh, let's go to best bets. And I'll be honest. I Like I said, we're recording Sunday night. I put in, as soon as I decided on my best bet, I wagered on it. And uh, I gave it out to the clients over at pregame.com. Well, before we get there, why don't I give okay. clients uh, and potential clients a promo code? So we'll use user code college15. You get 15% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. Good for seven days from the podcast release. Make sure you use this one, college15, uh, because we get some credit for it some, somewhere down the line. Uh, we get an extra roll on our, on our, uh, on our plate. Um, but it's good for, for seven days, 15% off. Any of the packages you want on the site, you get my World Cup stuff, you get AJ and his uh, layer right now covering every sport possible. I feel like he's not sleeping. I'm not sleeping because sleep is for the week. And uh, I wish I was weak, but I'm not able to be right now. So (laughs) college 15, AJ, get back into it. Okay, so the the play that I put in and if if you subscribe to my season long package at pregame, you would have got this early number. I bet Kennesaw State minus three and a half tomorrow at Charleston Southern. It's now five. I'm still going to go give it as a best bet at five. I still endorse it at five. I think it's a great spot for the Owls. They've played nothing but road games this season other than two games against non-D1 competition, and this is an experienced team. So I I don't think the five-hour bus ride to Charleston from outside of Atlanta 
is going to phase them considering they've got a full week off after this game. They nearly knocked off VCU on the road. They were competitive at Florida in every aspect of the game, except for the stop Colin Castle, Castleton category, which is uh, that's a tough category to be strong in when your biggest guy is like six, eight, but they, they just don't have the size to deal with someone like that. But you don't need that against Charleston Southern. The, the Bucks only D one win this year came against Bethune Cookman in a game where they hit 12% more of their threes than their season average. This is a really bad team and a Kennesaw team that's a small school, but I think has has built a pretty good program. Uh, I've got a more experienced team. I've got better shooting, better defense, and what should be a pretty significant edge on the glass. So Kennesaw State minus five will be my best bet for the pod. Nice. Uh, I learned what Kennesaw State's uh, mascot was. Uh, the Owls, baby. Hey, go Owls. Uh, figured couldn't have too many Hawks in Atlanta, but um, I'm going to go with the Siena Saints. Honestly, okay. this was my this was one of the ones that I like. I, I had it narrowed down to three games, and this was one of my three. So I, I like this pick. Maybe if Carmen Marciarello had actually left. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm mixing <laughs> up most coaches. Anyway, Siena's had a really good start to the season. Uh, I thought that they were a really decent club, a couple or, or school uh, a couple years ago and didn't really take that big step last year. Um, probably losing Jalen Pickett to transfer didn't help. But um, I, I was really impressed with them in their competitiveness in some early season tournaments, the uh, the whatever I don't even know exactly what location they were in, but somewhere with Mississippi, Florida state where they got to win, which I guess everyone's getting, but um, they get to go to Georgetown and um, the Georgetown Hoyas just, I am still shocked that Patrick Ewing came back, Um, but their four and five record looks really nice considering uh, some of the losses they've taken to green Bay, also to Coppin state um, where I, I just, I don't even know how to explain why Patrick Ewing is still in a job, but, uh, the Sam Sessoms takeover from Penn state transfer to Coppin state, um, was out there and just still giving Georgetown everything they didn't want. Um, it's really hard for me to, to see Georgetown favor to anybody right now. And they have to win this game by almost two possessions. Uh, I, I use the AJ Swami line of Sienna plus four and a half. I see it's a little bit bigger on Bart Torvik as well. So, uh, you might see a number in that range. And I just think Sienna are going to take it to Georgetown. And I just don't trust Georgetown to win any games right now. Uh, and they have to do it by a, a margin. So take Sienna plus four and a half on the road at Georgetown. And uh, we'll look for another best bet two and oh, because uh, what's better than a sweep back to back? There's nothing. And maybe sleep. And that's where we're going to go now. Okay. So uh, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for riding with us. Thanks for uh, getting us getting the sweep with us this week. And hopefully, like like Griffin said, we can bring you another one. And what's that promo code one more time, Griffin? College um, 15. College 15 for everybody. College 1-5 for 15% off anything at pregame.com. For Griffin Warner, I'm AJ Hoffman. Good luck this week. Be careful. This short slate. These numbers are going to be sharp. But let's go get them, and we'll talk to you on Thursday night.